This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm Caleb Brown. Three U.S. service members killed by a drone attack in Jordan. That's now spurred many hawks in Congress to call for swift military action against Iran. Justin Logan directs defense and foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. He says that the base that was attacked serves basically no other purpose than to be a target, thus allowing those same hawks to call for war with Iran. It seems that there are uh, some members of Congress uh, who are always ready to initiate hostilities against certain foreign countries. In this case, it is Iran. Um, and for people who follow this pretty closely, it's pretty easy to pick out who those uh, members of the Senate are. But uh, evaluate this, these events and the calls to immediately respond with overwhelming force. Sure. So briefly, overnight between Saturday and Sunday, a base called Tower 22, which is at the borderlands between Jordan, Syria, and Iraq, but on the Jordanian side of the border, uh, came under drone fire from one of the many Iran-backed militias in the region. Um, There have been more than 150 such attacks Since the 10-7 Hamas terrorist attack on Israel, no U.S. troops had been killed until this attack. But unfortunately, this attack took the lives of three U.S. service members who were stationed in Jordan uh, and injured dozens more, about eight of which were severe enough to be evacuated to Europe uh, for serious medical treatment. Um, The administration has advanced a completely insultingly stupid rationale for the U.S. deployment in Syria, which the Tower 22 base supports. Their official rationale is that those troops are part of the counter-ISIS mission. The problem with that rationale is that the counter-ISIS mission is not doing anything these days. Um, ISIS, the caliphate, was defeated And ISIS is mostly a ghost at this point. You don't have to take my word for it. You can take the word of the Pentagon Inspector General uh, for Operation Inherent Resolve, which is still reviewing the actions of the U.S. forces that are deployed at Al-Tanf, which is the name of the base in Syria, at which 900 U.S. troops uh, are positioned. And in the most recent quarter that the Inspector General reviewed U.S. activities, it reported, quote, no kinetic activities uh, emanating from Altanf. Kinetic activities, of course, is Pentagonese for fighting. So these troops are doing nothing to counter ISIS, but they are there as a trigger for war with Iran. And unfortunately, that trigger was pulled by militias. These militias are cheek to jowl with the Iraqi state. As was the case when we uh, killed General Soleimani, who was part of the Iranian government's uh, relationship with these militias, he was on a sanctioned state visit to Iraq, and we killed a security official very closely linked to the Iraqi government in that strike. In the case of all of these attacks against U.S. service members in Iraq and Syria, the attackers are very closely linked with the Iraqi state, which we are spending billions of dollars per year supporting. So it's really the picture of strategic clarity, um, U.S. policy in the region, I'm being sarcastic here, that we have a trigger for war with Iran in the middle of the desert 
at the borderlands between Jordan, Syria, and Iraq. However, the Iranians are cheek to jowl with the Iraqi state, and the militias that are shooting at U.S. forces in the region are similarly cheek to jowl with the Iraqi state, which U.S. taxpayers are spending billions each year to support. So it's very difficult for me to not get angry because the administration is asking citizens to believe a rationale for these deployments that is facially nonsense. They're there as a trigger for war with Iran. We know it from John Bolton's book. We know it from all the documentary history here. But the administration says that we're fighting the ghost of ISIS, and these three patriots died for that lie. And it's infuriating. I spoke with uh, Doug Bandow recently, not, not for a recording, but he told me a few weeks ago that these kinds of drone harassment, let's call it, happens a lot. And the U.S. tolerates it. It it infrequently has this kind of result. But this kind of attack, at least, is not that uncommon. No, it's not uncommon at all. As I I said in the answer to the previous questions, happened more than 150 times since the terrorist attacks on Israel on October 7th. And moreover, you know, the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says this is totally unrelated to Israel's campaign in Gaza. That's a crazy thing to believe. Also, for the simple fact that during the brief period where there was a ceasefire, um, three or four days, the attacks on U.S. troops by these militias stopped. Now, that could be the strangest coincidence in history, or it could tell us quite clearly that the attacks are linked to the Israeli campaign in Gaza. And, and you know, I mean, my I'm, I'm a simple country foreign policy analyst, you know, so my betting money is on the latter explanation. But no, it's not uncommon at all. This has been going on regularly. And in fact, it's a miracle that no one's been killed so far. We've had dozens upon dozens of traumatic brain injuries. There were over 100 traumatic brain injuries after the Soleimani strike in the Iranian retaliation that we pretend didn't happen now. And so this, you know, to get back to your initial question about these calls for a robust response, it really gets my blood up that these people died, too, and somebody ought to pay for it. But the problem is that the people calling for these responses wanted these troops to be there serving as a trigger for war with Iran. That trigger, having been pulled, is now being used as a rationale to start a war with Iran. Now, if we wanted to have a war with Iran, there are many different ways that we could go about doing it that don't involve getting our people killed. And so to me, you know, the response that will ensue that ought to ensue against the people who are guilty of this crime threatens to put the people who are left on these bases in the same danger that they were in when these three Americans died. Right. So if there's going to be this robust response or really any response, the responsible, prudent thing to do is get these people out of harm's way. So that after the U.S. response to this attack, there aren't more Americans just left staked down like sitting ducks. And, you know, I, I, I you know, shouldn't say this, but I've received, you know, m- more than a few communications from veterans that have served on these bases 
I wrote an article in Reason in November of last year saying, what the hell are these troops doing? Why are we why are they there? And these correspondents of mine reached out after that article and said, thank you for writing this article. And I particularly appreciated your use of the phrase sitting ducks to describe our position there, because it's exactly what we are. And, you know, I could say as an analyst, you know, it's always nice to be told that you're right. But in this case, it's not nice to be told that I'm right, because this is a tremendous disservice to the sacrifice that these people have signed up for. And the policy process in Washington is serving them extremely poorly. It is the most irresponsible policy that I could possibly imagine. If you want a case, if you want war with Iran, make the case for war with Iran. Don't stake U.S. troops out in the desert to die to serve as a means for war with Iran. Make your own case. And the Biden administration is walking around town talking to journalists and people like me saying, we absolutely don't want a wider conflict in the Middle East. Under no circumstances do we want horizontal or vertical escalation from the conflict that's happening between the Israelis and Gaza. And yet they won't do the most basic things to prevent such a conflict, such as getting these people out of harm's way when it's quite clear that eventually some of them are going to die. And I and many of my colleagues were saying so months ago. And now, unfortunately, the ship has come into port and people like Tom Cotton and Lindsey Graham are saying, well, we're going to have to go to war with Iran now. And as somebody who vehemently disagrees with them, Their case is perfectly logical, right? Like they're they these troops were there for a purpose. Their job was to die and to create a causes belly for war with Iran. They've died and now they have a causes belly for war with Iran. I mean, it's just it's it's the most infuriating malpractice of statecraft uh, that I've seen in recent memory. Uh, There are nonetheless Republicans people who who might be persuaded to support a war with Iran who are saying there is no Iran is bad exception to the U.S. Constitution, that uh, this must, to the extent that there is to be war with Iran, it goes squarely through the House and Senate in the form of a declaration of war. I don't suspect there is much appetite for a vote like that. No, I think that's right. And I think, you know, the combination of some twitching corpse of constitutional propriety here, uh, to mix metaphors terribly, combined with, I think, the Biden administration's reticence to go whole hog on a war with Iran will work to dampen the recklessness of the U.S. response. But again, the opening bid for a responsible counterstrike here is get these people out of harm's way. They are indefensible. And if like I if I can draw a picture for the listeners here of just how exposed these people are, they're in the middle of nowhere in deployments in some cases of literally dozens of U.S. personnel. Right. So you imagine you and your 20 or 30 or 50, however many comrades. And that's it. Your rear ends are hanging out and you don't have anybody friendly for tens and in some cases hundreds of miles. 
So, the, you know, it's interesting from a logistical point of view to think about supply and all the rest of it. But just from a human point of view, it's almost impossible to be more exposed than these people are exposed. And they know it. And every night when they go to bed, they ask themselves whether their cards are going to get punched that night. And unfortunately, three American Patriots cards got punched that night. And now the Biden administration, which is waving its hands and protesting about how it doesn't want escalation, has to deal with this very real prospect of escalation that stemmed from their policy of keeping these troops there as a trigger for war with Iran. Justin Logan directs defense and foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.